What happens when three runners from different parts of the country with different running stories all get together? Pure run talk madness. So listen in as we talk about all things running related and some things that maybe aren't running related as it's bound to be a good time. This is Run Run Talk Talk Live. Live. And we are live. Welcome to episode three of Run Talk Live. Guys, we are doing this. Yeah, yeah. And for those of you that watched our, or listened to our first two episodes, you are the goats for sure. Yeah, the OGs. Run Talk Live OGs. Now, speaking of goat, I feel like, in Chase, you're our big Boston Marathon you know, news guy, I feel like we have to talk about Kipchoge. Oh, man. Um, well, you know, he didn't have it at Boston this year. You know, we we talked in the last episode. We thought that he was going to be primed and ready to go, and he was going to break that Boston Marathon record. But did, did, did we? Did we all say that? Okay, we didn't all <laughs> we didn't all say it. You, well, actually, you said that you thought he would break the record, but you thought he'd still get beat. You thought somebody well, else was going to break. I believe, I believe, my my exact words were: if he breaks the record, he wouldn't be the only one that did it. But I did okay, not. Okay. Think, I did not. And again, I I wanted to be wrong. I really did. And if, if Carolyn, he, pull up the transcript from the last episode. Pull it up. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I, I no. You're right. You're right. We didn't all say that, but um, yeah. The fact is, he didn't. He didn't do it. He got sixth place. Uh, One oh nine was it? Evans yeah. Chabet repeated. So that's pretty awesome in itself. You know, not not a lot of people can go back to back in the Boston Marathon. So kudos yeah. to Evans Chabet. And if my worst mar- or like my worst day was a two hour and nine minute marathon. <laughs> Right. You wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. <laughs> well, right, I'd be knocking on Nike's door. And Carolyn, you had talked about we, we were talking about his splits and how he ran. I think it was like a sixty-two for the first half, and then sixty-seven for the second half. And we, you know, we were joking, like sixty-seven, like oh my god, for you know, running that the second half of a marathon. Bear in mind that second half of that Boston Marathon is the harder of the two halves, and still to hit that in sixty-seven minutes—that's just crazy, crazy, crazy timing. Just to be in his shoes for two seconds, man! Like, just—that's what it was. It was the shoes. He <laughs> wore the he wore the Alpha Fly twos. He should have worn the Vape threes. Okay. I have to tell you guys this, and I've really been thinking about this since lunch. It's kind of like that odd, like that Michael Scott, I've been thinking about this since lunch. (laughs) So, you know, I, I love my Brooks. I race in my Brooks 99% of the time, but I'm considering getting a pair of vapor flies. Wait, (laughs) wait, can you say that one more time, Kathleen? Just, I just want to, I didn't have, I I wasn't recording. Oh, wait, we're recording. (laughs) Okay. Listen, listen, here's my logic. So a lot of my Brooks are the like zero cushion and the vapor flies pretty much have zero cushion and the alpha flies are going to be your more cushion shoe. 
but I'm finding that I, I wore a pair last week for track and my ankle, like my arch hurt so bad. Like I, I almost, it's not like I couldn't walk, but I literally looked up WebMD and got diagnosed with plantar fasciitis. Like it was that bad. <laughs> Wait, well, so I want to make, make sure I'm understanding. So you, what shoes did you wear on the track? <laughs> oh my, this is, uh, mm. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I deserve Brooks, it. Brooks just hasn't really come out with their their marathon racing shoe yet. I mean, they've got the what the Hyperion Elite or the Hyperion yeah. Tempo or whatever, but it's not been it's not gotten any good reviews from what I've seen. I mean, and Nike is the cream of the crop still in in the uh, carbon fiber carbon fiber plated racing shoe game, their marathon racing shoe game. But everybody else is catching up except for Brooks. You know, and I, I mean, as on the Brooks team, I, I will sing Brooks's praises to the end of the earth, but you're right. And yes, the Hyperion elites, I've known people that have be cute in those shoes. Des Linden, you know, ran a 227 in those shoes yesterday. But I just, I don't know, man. I see everybody in Nike Awful Flies, Vapor, vapor Flies, uh, the adidas addy zero pro i think and i'm like maybe just once i want to race in a non-brook shoe <laughs> i mean yeah, that was my that was my reigning theory on boston and what happened to kipchoge was the top four male runners all finished from adidas, adidas and we're wearing the addy zero pros i think there was some kind of adidas conspiracy or adidas coup they they spiked kipchoge's gatorade you know you what know, you know what this is gonna do though this is gonna prompt nike to like do some other crazy race shoe design you know as a result of right this is the battle of the brands right and and nike lost uh yesterday so now nike's gonna fire back with something some new shoe line is gonna be coming out here in the next four or five months you know and that's, yes, I agree with you. And, you know, there was all of this hype around Saucony, I feel like right before the Boston Marathon mm. this year. And, you know, I do my speed work in the Saucony Endorphin Pro 2s and they worked out well, but I didn't hear any hype on the Elite, like the, the Saucony Endorphin Elites. Right. Yeah. And I am, I think I... I gave you guys my feedback when I wore them and my biggest knock on them was their grip that they, especially on wet surface. I don't know that I would have wanted to wear those shoes on that surface because it was, it was misty, you know, the whole way and raining. Right. I would have had a horrible time in those shoes because I tried them for our 15 K here and it was not a great experience because of the grip. So I don't know. I, you're right. I, I didn't even pay attention to that, but I didn't hear about anyone, you know, any of those top finishers anyways, wearing the, uh, the elites. No, it was for, for the men's side. Like I said, the top four were Adidas. Fifth place was Asics, and then Kipchoge in sixth was the first Nike runner. But to your point, Carolyn, I think they do have the, I think they're going to lean on the fact that Kipchoge raced in the alpha fly twos rather than the vape threes you know the vape threes are coming out right now everybody's getting their vape threes so they're just gonna they're gonna blame it on kipchoge for <laughs> picking the alpha flies instead of the vapor flies 
And that's kind of what is moving me in that direction, apart from, you know, WebMD convincing me that I have like a foot fungus. But <laughs> just, to, just to check it out, man. Well, welcome to the, uh, to the dark side or the light side. I don't know what side you want to call it, but just welcome <laughs> to the right side, okay? Oh, the right man. side. I feel like I'm, you know, committing a crime against Brooks at this point. So I'm a little, um, I got a race coming up this weekend. I got my hometown half marathon and chances are I'm going to win it by a pretty good margin. I'm not trying to brag or anything. That's just the, the honest truth, but I'm trying to make it fun. So I'm thinking about carrying a GoPro with me Do it. and I also don't know if I want to wear my, I've got two pair of Vaporfly next percent twos. I don't know if I want to wear my newer pair. Or if I want to wear my older pair and save my newer pair for grandma's. What do you guys think? Wear one of each, you know, compromise. <laughs> it could completely destroy your ankles. Yeah, if you really want to make this fair, Chase, you're going to wear your shoes on the wrong feet. All right, number one. And mm. you should tie your shoelaces together. And run backwards. <laughs> all of it. That would make for, it. That'd make for some great content. I'm just saying. It it would. Man, now if you are on your long run right now, there is this big uh, movement called the Hometown Half Marathon. And I feel like there's like every city has a Hometown Half Marathon. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's all, all the rage this year. So Chase, I, I wish you the best of luck. And I really hope, you know, in episode four that you come back and you update <laughs> us on everything. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, my hometown's pretty small. You guys know that I, I live in a smaller town. And um, so running, you know, was pretty popular when I was like a young kid here. But it hasn't been for a long time. And we got a, a good group of young runners that are coming up. And they really organized this event and did a fantastic job. So really thank them for, for putting this on. All that being said, my town is just a little bit too small for a half marathon. It, actually, it's not too small. It's not the fact that it's too small, but it's directly bisected by a train track. So that's like the one thing outside of weather that you just can't control. And it's hard to navigate around that. So what if the train stops by? Do you just stop your watches? or do you <laughs> No, like no, no. You, you can't. You just can't make the course. Oh. to where it crosses the railroad tracks. It, it limits you on, on how good your course can be. Just turn it into a last chance BQ and run in the same circle for 13. You That's know, 13 what days. I was trying to say. You know, we, we spend a good chunk of time running out in the country. So that's great if you love cornfields. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we should totally do like a lap course and it'd be fine. I would do it. That actually would intrigue me even more because I love looped courses. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll put one on here next year, Jake. You can come visit. There you go. <laughs> Chase, so you live in a smaller town. Um, I, and Carolyn, I'm sorry. I know we got some, some stuff we're going to talk about here shortly, but I got to ask. I, I put a video out talking about, um, you know, if you – can't find a run group like why don't you form your own run group so my question to you is if you were to put it out there where you're at you know that you're creating a run club or a run group do you think 
you would attract people in your area? Like, do you think people would join you on, on, on a run? Yeah, I think there'd be a handful of people, you know, I think that, you know, this group, this, this group of young kids that's putting this marathon or the half marathon together, um, is part of that. And then there's also, you know, another group that are, is around my age guys that we've talked about before, you know, it's the, the guys that played sports in high school and as they got older, they needed something to keep in shape. And that's when they discovered running, um, so I think we've got a group there too, but, um, a lot of the problems as far as me not being in a running group up until this past year, I was on a night shift schedule. So I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really run with the other people. And I think that's the biggest problem with the small town and trying to create a running group is everybody's on a different schedule and you can't get enough people together that are all on the same schedule. If that makes sense. Got it. Yep. Oh, well, cool. hmm. But yeah, seriously, update us on that half marathon. Now you've put so much pressure on your back that even the person doing their long run or sipping their coffee right now is expecting a win. Ooh. Yeah, I'm sure that I'm jinxing the crap out of myself. I'm sure somebody will show up and just smoke me with like a 110 or something. But Have a middle schooler come up. I, if, if, if I got beat by a middle schooler, then I would probably, I would promote that guy. <laughs> I'd start, I'd start being like, you need a, you need a manager and you need an agent. Who, who would you promote first, Chase? Would you promote the middle schooler that passes you or the mother pushing the stroller? Ooh, um, probably the mother pushing well no I'm, I'm okay right now i would go with the middle schooler i'd play the long game and i was gonna say the mother pushing the stroller because i think you got better chances for immediate return there you know because there's there's like uh yeah. go ahead and get that out there right now push that out on social media everybody likes that but um you know the middle schooler that could be the next you know prodigy you know that that'll that'll reward you a lot more in the future I like your thinking. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the. How <laughs> did like, this thing took a weird turn? <laughs> like, let's just bring us back to the train track that is in Chase's hometown. Um. So, if you're on your long run, take a deep breath, relax those shoulders. If you're enjoying that cup of coffee, or if you're on a drive, take a deep breath and. Relax with us as we talk about our favorite things. Yes. Favorite. I feel like we should go in as a chorus and sing the, these are a few of my favorite things. And everybody take like a, you know, uh, a harmony. Yeah, like say the problem style, with- just all of us yell, oh, <laughs> run talks favorite things. <laughs> and the problem with that plan, Carolyn, is, I literally only know those words. These are a few of my favorite things. I don't know any other part of that song. Okay, so can I be honest? I was, my sophomore year of high school, I got into musical theater, and I was in a production of The Sound of Music. Okay. Oh my gosh, my mom has videos. She has pictures. And she showed one of my ex-boyfriends one time, and I lost my, I lost it. I was like, I looked terrible. 
Is this a, is this another like magic mic uh, challenge for Jake to track down these videos? And... <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, you did you so you found the episode of The Price Is Right with Mike on it, but you couldn't. We never did find video on it. I found I found I, literally I found literally the actual like script. Like you can actually see word for word what everyone said. Uh, what Mike bid, you know, and, his, what he lost, what he won. Like, I could see everything. And who else was were the contestants? Like, I was able to track and, down And all that's that. probably more impressive than finding the video itself. But <laughs> I think the deal was that you needed to find the video itself. It, it so. was. Hey, you know what? <laughs> we're, I'm still not done. We're still fillers <laughs> away. There's a black market out there with these videos, I promise you. Man, and for the it's listener fine. right now, our friend Mike was on a price. The Price is Right, and it was during COVID. And Jake found the video of our friend Mike on The Price now, is Right. He didn't find the video. He found oh. the episode and the script of it. I'm mean, basically everything but the video. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah and it was... they explained you explained it to us, right, Jake? Like it was something to do with the well, it's because, because it was the... COVID. Yeah, the way, like, the video was, the way that everyone was in the video, like the contestants, it wasn't meeting COVID guidelines, and so they couldn't publicly share it. Like, they basically shut it down, so it it wasn't viewable to the public. And our friend Mike that Carolyn's talking about is actually Magic Mile Mike. I'm sure if if you're listening to this podcast and you don't follow him, then... Well, I don't know why you don't, but you should go do that now. After your run, please. Yeah. <laughs> and after this podcast, just finish listening to the podcast and then go. <laughs> well, let's start, Carolyn. What do you got? All right. So we're going to start, you know, pretty easy. What is your favorite racing gel? Me and Chase have the same answer, I'm pretty sure. Yep, probably. Uh. Science and sport, 100% favorite racing gel. Got to have my cyst gels. But I'm having a problem right now, Jake. You you told me to order them off Amazon, and I I did, and they keep getting delayed. So, um, really? Yeah. Like, I, I actually, I set it up as a subscription to get, you know, a pack in every month, and it's been delayed for the last two months now. See, mine come like literally within, well, I do. Do you have Amazon Prime? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mine come within 24 to 48 hours. Like, I have them. Like, See, and I think it depends on the vendor that you got. And plus, you're in Florida. I'm in Indiana. So, it's it's probably like a supply chain thing. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, Science and Sports is like our favorite gels because they are – the consistency of them is closer to liquid than it is to a solid. Or, you know, you got your goos that are a thick – well, gooey substance that can be hard to take down while you're out running. You you need a cup of water to wash it down with. And Martin, a lot of people love Martin, but it, it's got the consistency of jello and that's not appealing to me. <laughs> so science and sports, they, they've got like a very liquid style gel. That's it's delicious. It's good. It works. And the only downside is that the, the packets are a little bit big, so yeah. you can you you may run out of space in your uh, in your shorts in those. 
Yeah, you hit, the, that flip belt. you hit the nail on the head, especially for the consistency piece. That's big. Uh, you'll hear the word for all you listeners out there that are, you know, testing out product. You'll hear the word isotonic and uh, some gels out there are isotonic and some aren't. Uh, SIS gels or cis gels are isotonic. That basically means they're infused with water, uh, which is what creates that more liquidy consistency and makes it go down easier. And you don't have to drink water with it where you do like with goo, for example, which is a very thick, almost like paste material that if you don't drink water with it, you're, you're probably going to suffer more than you're going to help yourself. So you know, what about you? Go get bone to pick with SIS guys. Oh, they, oh no. I can't f- open the dang packages. <laughs> I did say that too. That is a price, especially when you're sweaty. Um, <sighs> they're tough. They are tough to open. So what are you going to go with Carolyn? Are you going to risk ticking off another brand that you work with or are you gonna, <laughs> or are you going to have to adhere I gotta to re- I got to redeem myself guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go with my good old trusty you can. All right. Let's discuss you can. It is seriously I feel like you can and SIS are so similar because, you know, the consistency, they're both, I feel like super starches. Um, the only difference is you can does not have caffeine. And I know mm-hmm. some SIS gels have caffeine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some do. Yeah. You, yeah, you can pick different, different styles, different varieties. Yeah. So I really enjoy that. Um, I do have a sensitive stomach. So I can't have really any of the Martin stuff. Can't do goose. So this this works so far. All right. Yeah. Well, I think we like our gels for the same reasons. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't then- mind. Uh, I don't mind Honey Stinger. I've raced with Honey Stinger before. They're pretty good. And then um, my other brand that I like to run with is Huma. So. You know, on the on the gel topic, and this isn't really gel. Uh, have you guys ever tried? I've seen runners do this: suck down a mustard packet for your sodium. No, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that, but no. That it sounds and just seems disgusting to me in every way. But it it doesn't like I could I could do it like in a normal setting. Not that I would want to do it, like I, I don't, but I don't mind mustard, so I wouldn't have a problem just sucking down a mustard packet, but not during a run. And yeah. that's the thing that a lot of people, so a lot of people do a lot of things during a run that I'm just like, Why? no. Like I said, Martin Gel's got the consistency of Jello, and when I try to suck one of those down, like that's just not appealing to me on a run. Yep. I get that. I would, well. Yeah, what's number two? Listen, we got through that first one, and we're still friends. So this is a good time. <laughs> All right, guys. What is your favorite recovery day shoe? And this is like a recovery run. Hmm. Huh. Um, honestly, for me, it's probably going to be, I'm going to call them the OGs, but the OG Pegasus. Uh, and, and any of the Pegasus, they're, to, in my opinion, they're all the same. <laughs> like, but uh, 
Yeah, I think the Pegasus um, probably is something I wear after after long runs or speed works. I've heard that if you can't afford the Alpha or Vaporfly or that carbon plated shoe, the Pegasus will get you just as good of a return. I disagree with that. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah, I'll disagree with that. The Pegasus are definitely a very neutral running shoe. Uh, they're not meant for anything more than just casual running. You know, you could do your long runs in them, I guess, from time to time. Uh, but yeah, it's not a race shoe. Maybe it was intended to be back in back in the day, but compared to what's out there, you know, over the last five, six, seven years, like no, Pegasus has no leg to stand on for, for racing. Hmm. That's my thought. I don't know if Chase, I don't know if you have anything different on there, but. Uh, no, I'm, I haven't worn a Pegasus in a long, long time. Um, you know, obviously I'm a big Vaporfly fan, but there's, there's just always been something in the past few years that I've read or heard somewhere that have kept me away from the Pegasus. But um, I do like a good kind of standard daily trainer for, you know, a recovery day or for any just kind of easy run. Um, I also really love a zero drop shoe for recovery days because that's going to help me stretch out my calves a little bit. So I usually reach for the Ultra Torin 5s um, on my easy days. Mm -hmm. The Convaras too are another... I like them for that reason, the very same reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, since I've disappointed Brooks enough, I will redeem them here. Um, so I also need, I have a neutral um, foot, but I have a very like awkward arch. So it's like, I'm looking at my foot right now and it's kind of a low arch. Um, so I need like as little cushion as possible. Um, so I like the Brooks Hyperion Tempo. And I know that's a lot of people's race shoe. Um, I personally find that I can recover with it just fine. So that's my top. I think race shoes are fine to recover with because that's what they were. That's the biggest thing that they are doing for you is they're conserving your legs. I, I feel, you know, I've said it a lot in the last few years that my legs feel so much better after a marathon these days wearing a carbon fiber plated racing shoe than they did, you know, six or seven years ago, just wearing non carbon fiber plated shoes. Chase, if you could see me right now, I'm air clapping. And this is why we, we get along so well. I 1000% <laughs> agree with that. And, you know, I, I think the hard part, right. Is those shoes cost a lot more. So that's why sometimes I, you know, people do want to tend to conserve them a little bit more, but I agree with you. The best, I don't think they make me faster. I think they uh, make me recover faster though, a yeah. whole lot faster. And that's yeah. my favorite thing about those shoes. Um, yeah. I wear them for, for training purposes from time to time too. Like if, if, if my right. calves are sold. Yeah. Like Carolyn was saying the same thing goes for the, the Hyperion Tempo or the Hyperion Elites. You know, anything with the carbon fiber plated shoe that is paired with some kind of super foam is going to just really limit the damage that 
it does to your legs and your knees. Yep. Yes. And I'm able to get around 400 miles out of my Hyperion tempos. So it's definitely worth it to me. I think I took my my original vapor flies up to 300 miles. Um, and I just, I, I go off feel a lot of times whenever I go to retire a shoe. So I think my legs were feeling a little bit more achy than normal. So I just, I hung them up. I had some other vapor fly twos that I was ready to start using for workouts. Yeah. And even when those carbon plate, like the vapor flies or the alpha flies, like even when they get to a point where they're no longer raceable shoes, they're still good yeah, yeah, running yeah. shoes. Yeah. Uh, and I, a lot of people do that. There's nothing wrong with that. You'll get people that'll, that'll, you know, tell you it's bad or tell you not to do it. You got to do what works for your body. Like, and you know what works for your body. If those shoes do it and you have the means to use those shoes, like by all means do it. I support that. All right. This one can get a little deep. Um, and this is appropriate for those of our listeners on their long run. Um, what is your favorite running mantra? Uh, hmm. I have one. <laughs> I have one. I don't know if I came up with this. So if this is uh, a quote that I just don't realize I'm copying someone else's quote, let me know. But I always say... You can coach strength, you can coach speed, you can coach endurance, but you can't coach desire. And I, I tell that to myself a lot uh, when I'm running. Like, I love what I'm doing, and that's why I'm doing this. Like, so yeah, you can uh, coach strength, speed, endurance, but you can't coach desire. That's my mantra. Hmm. That's good. I think I'd have to go with the Prefontaine quote. Um, to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice your gift. And, um, you know, I think that's a, something that rings in my head quite often. And also on a, you know, more, um, contemporary or more up to date note, I really love Nick bears mantra. If you guys tune into him, go one more. I mean that to me, that's just simple, easy. And it says it all. Anytime I'm out there working and I'm, you know, getting pretty down about my run or I'm starting to feel tired, go one more. Just go one more. I love it. What about you, Carolyn? So mine is actually a Bible verse. Um, it's the run and not grow weary, Isaiah 40, 31. Um, I got, I have it on my thigh. You can see it a lot in my videos. Um, I got it after my first half marathon, actually. And I told myself, I was like, you know what? This is, this is my sport of choice. Like I was, you know, I was not athletic growing up. Um, running just made sense. It was the first thing that I felt like I could do. So, um, started looking up like running mantras, I guess. I saw this one and I was like, I like that one. And whenever I get tired, I have a tendency to look down. So I got it on my thighs. So I would always see it. That's and, pretty cool. Right? So it's, Good idea. 
it's That's, it's worked. That that is really cool. I have you guys ever read any of the book series called The Quotable Runner? No. Or have you heard of it? No. So you can you can buy them on Amazon. You can go to Barnes and Nobles. It's called The Quotable Runner. And it's all it is, it's literally a book of quotes about running. And it'll be broken into chapters. And each chapter will be like uh, running quotes about marathon, running quotes about trail running, running quotes about speed work. And it'll be all, it'll list who quoted it, you know, all these runners. Prefontaine, of course, is in a, in a lot of those. But check it out, man. There's some really like just inspiring quotes that, uh, you know, you, you probably have never heard before that came from these, you know, true runners in some way, shape or form. Um, you had mentioned Prefontaine, Chase. One of my favorite Prefontaine quotes, uh, which is kind of a hardcore one, is that there may be someone out there that can beat me, but they're going to have to bleed to do it. I love that quote. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that Barnes and Noble hasn't gone, uh, they do. I can hear you typing. You're looking it up. But it's called, it's called, the, it's called the Quotable Runner. He was, I was like, like did he just say find it at Barnes & Noble? Yeah. Well, that's where I bought my first one. Uh, and there's like there's like the second series and third. Like there's a bunch of different series of the books now, like volume one, volume two, volume three. Mm-hmm. But I have two of them. Um, I, I'm not a big reader, but these are like, you don't necessarily have to read them as, or, you know, as like you would read a normal book. It's just, I want to hear something about the marathon. Let's go to the marathon. Oh, so-and-so said this, like, it's, it's really neat. Hmm. That's interesting. Cause like, I, I guess I'm not like most runners in the sense that I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, reading books about running and listening to audio books about running. I don't listen to, like nonfiction books. I don't read nonfiction books. Like all I, I love my nerdy stuff. I love my sci-fi fantasy novels. I love my, you know, Lord of the Rings. I like my foundation series, that type of stuff. Harry Potter. I'm looking up a preview of the quotable runner and already it hits you hard. Um, It says, I'd always imagine an Olympic champion with something more than a mere mortal. In fact, a god. Now I know he was just a human being. Yeah, there's some, <laughs> there's some super cool quotes on there. Like it's, and then there's like funny stuff, like there's the running humor section. It'll just be people that are like making fun of themselves run. And like, there, there's it's really neat. I, I highly, highly, I can't, I'm actually surprised I never brought it up before, but I highly recommend this book because it's so easy to read too, because it's not, you can't read. You don't read it like a book. That's that's what makes it so, so awesome. Hmm. Wow, this like makes me want to go actually on another run. That's great. <laughs> I might do. I might do a TikTok one of these days where you know people go live and they just read like they do bedtime stories. Well, I'm gonna go live and I'm gonna do <laughs> just read quotes, the quotes from the quotable runner. <laughs> yes. Heck, I'd watch it. I'd fall asleep to it. Okay. <laughs> I got to work on my storytelling uh, voice, though. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm very monotone with my voice, so I got to work on that. All you have to do, Jake, is get a nice fire going. 
get a nice glass of scotch or whatever drink of choice and just read. Yeah, the, the key is don't be, don't try to get too into the characters, all right? Just read the book. Guys, who's that? Who's that old famous painter that used to have his own TV show and he'd be like, he'd paint trees? Like, this is how you paint a tree. Bob Ross. Did you see they're making a movie about him and Owen Wilson plays him? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I'm i sorry, that's off subject of running, but you just, your voice know. just I, reminded me of that. I character. still haven't watched the Weird Al Yankovic movie with Daniel Radcliffe in it, so. You're a Harry Potter fan. You haven't watched that? Uh-uh. Now they're remaking, uh, they're doing a television series of Harry Potter, and it's going to be a reboot on, yeah, on I HBO. Know. I mean, it should be good, but we'll see what they do with it. I don't know. I'm skeptical. Are they using, like, are they bringing back the old cast? No, it's going to be, well, some of them maybe, but it's going to be like a reboot. Like, they're just going to start all over until... And, and I think it's good, and I'm going to go on a rant here, so I'm sorry, but I'll make it quick. I think it's a great idea to, like, start it out with, like, the first book, because each book gets longer and longer and longer. So the first ep- the first season of Harry Potter should be about the first book and should be, like, four or five episodes long. And then the second season, the second book, and be seven to eight episodes long. And that's how they should do it. And, it. and they could stay true to the books a little bit better. But that the is, movies did an excellent job. Yeah, that is what they said they were going to do is each season was going to be based off the book, like each yeah. coinciding book. So how long yeah, the idea is that there'd be seven know. seasons of the show because there are seven books. Yeah. What was the series of movies that they did? The main guy is like Newt something and it's Scamander? like yes the and fantastic like, beasts yeah fantastic yes. beast but and that was what like pre-harry potter way pre-harry potter well, yeah not way yeah before. yeah that's it's it like before voldemort even yeah it was young dumbledore days we're yeah. totally making ourselves sound really nerdy right now but <laughs> no right how do we get we just, well we're talking about our favorite things okay and <laughs> We always tell runners on their run, don't think about running. So here we are distracting them. So last year, last year in 2022, I actually went through the entire Harry Potter series on audiobook via running. So every Sunday on my long run and a few other days in between there, I was listening to Harry Potter on audiobook. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that, but... (laughs) Props, props for sure. <laughs> All right, Carolyn, what else? What else we got? <laughs> All Your right. Favorite magician. <laughs> <laughs> how how nerdy can we make ourselves? Jeez. All right. What is your favorite rest day activity? Chase listens to Harry Potter audiobooks. No, not while I'm resting. It's while I'm running. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, mine is, I, I got to go the family route. And it really is just spending time with my family. You know, I have a two-year-old daughter now and, and uh, spending as much time with her as possible is my favorite thing. I can't really call that rest because she's two years old and I have to like chase her around, you know, 90% of the day. But that's my favorite thing to do outside of 
you know, when I'm, when I'm recovering or when I'm not racing. Question. Has Isra run any like kid races yet? No. So soon though, um, part of it is they do their races here in Florida a little bit earlier than you would think at other, you know, in other places. And, uh, for those of you listening, Carolyn just mentioned it. My daughter's name is Isra. She's two years old. Uh, she could absolutely hop into those one mile races now and like walk, jog them. Uh, it's not that she doesn't have the physical ability to, to jog the whole way. It's that her attention span is going to like focus on the squirrel on the side of the road or, you know, something like that. <laughs> but, um, uh, yesterday I took her out in the evening time on her bike. She has this little balance bike, which is basically like you're walking on the bike for the most part. And she did a full mile with me on this bike all by herself without me having to pick her up or anything. So she could, she could, um, she just hasn't yet. Watch your daughter, like not be a runner and then pick up like the tuba. And you're like, what the heck? I jokingly, you know, of course, as a runner, like, yeah, my like dream scenario is my daughter becomes a star runner. And I hope she does that. But at the same time, I am going to be that dad that like lets her dabble in everything and whatever it is that she falls in love with. Like, I don't care. I, I jokingly say this. If she becomes a ballerina, I will be that dad that wears a tutu and goes and practices with her. Like, I'll support her in whatever she does. But while I have the opportunity to push her towards running right now, I'm going to take advantage of that a little bit. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Chase, you are currently childless. Um, whether you decide to have kids or not, that's fine. But what is your favorite rest day activity currently? Well, I do have my dog. And I like to take him for a walk. I like to take him exploring is what I, I like to refer to it as. Basically, whenever uh, I take him somewhere other than the neighborhood. So that's fun. Uh, rest days for me, too, are like they're all they're typically Fridays. So a lot of times I will watch a movie on Friday night and maybe sleep in a little bit Friday morning. I just I just like rest days. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I can't relate, guys. Can't. Yeah, relate. yeah. What? So, what do you do on your one mile days? Okay. Um. So for the listener, I am a run streaker. I do not run naked. I run every day. That's what that means. <laughs> um, you know, somebody's gonna be like, Carolyn, we need to talk. You go Wait, over a list of running terms at the beginning of each episode. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> so on <laughs> on my one mile days they really kind of turned into mondays um and i feel like so i'm a big hockey fan like i'm i'm a big dallas stars fan um so i like to go to hockey games okay right and so there's this app it's called game time and it's got you know concerts it's got um like shows, stuff like that, but they also have, um, sports and, um, I'll get a notification in this last time it was on a Monday and it said, Hey, Dallas stars tickets are dropping. And my fiance and I went to a game and it was like maybe 50 bucks in total, 
but we got two tickets and a really good um, section. We were able to see the game. Um, and that was just, it was a blast. Well, I am learning something new about Carolyn right now. I did not know you were a, a hockey fan. A hockey fan? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, I got into hockey. So my late adopted aunt, she's basically my aunt. Um, but when I was growing up, we would go to like a hockey game and she was really big on the Dallas Stars. Um, like she was a fan when they won the Stanley Cup in 99. And ever since then, like, it took a while for me to get into hockey. Um, but my brother and I will go to a game a year and we'll like this, this past Christmas, I got him tickets and we were ice level. So yeah, I've probably been to maybe six or seven Dallas stars games this season. So That's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. And, and what I will say for, for everyone listening right now. It, this is Coach Jake talking, <laughs> and Coach Jake says, your rest days really need to be rest days. And I think a lot of people, I mean, and nothing against uh, streakers, uh, again, Carolyn, both the runners and actual streakers. Um, but um, what I mean, never mind, that was a bad joke. <laughs> what I mean, though, is that, you know, taking those days off, and focusing on something other than running your family your sports your passions outside of running like those are just so good mentally uh as well as physically but the mental benefits behind that are often overlooked you know taking that taking that rest day that true recovery day um and you can recover in many ways right like you could still run a mile on your part of your streak and still have a legit recovery day but Take those recovery days, guys. If, if it's on your calendar, that doesn't mean go cycle 18, 18 months. Or, because you, don't or you, could, you could take it one further and actually streak for your one mile on your rest day. So that way you're not carrying the weight of those clothes on you. There you go. <laughs> See, someone got my joke. I just... <laughs> I'll work on my punchline. I gotta, I gotta get that. Next time on Corny Jokes with Run Talk Live. Oh Corny dad jokes. That's definitely <laughs> Corny a dad, dad joke. joke. That was a dad joke. All right. Well, All we've the dads that people. are listening right now, they're laughing. I promise you. Man. Well, our joke is done for the episode. Thanks for listening. Have a good week, guys. <laughs> Comedy section is done. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, guys, we're we're coming at you from left field. What is your Chick-fil-A order? Okay, so I actually had this kind of conversation with somebody earlier today. Not this exact like topic, but we were talking about have you guys do they have Chick-fil-A food trucks where you guys are? No. No. So I actually don't like I said I live in a small town. I live about an hour away from the nearest Chick-fil-A. But they have a food truck that they drive down to my town uh, a couple times a week. But the only way that you know where it's going to be as you have to follow them on Facebook anyway. Um, but they also only serve their plain chicken sandwiches with fries. So somebody was like complaining about that. And I had to like kind of stop for a second. I was like, wait, what, what do you order at Chick-fil-A? 
Because that's all I ever order is just their plain chicken sandwich with fries. Yeah, I I don't eat at Chick Fil A a lot. I I could I could probably count the number of times I've eaten. It. <laughs> I think my go to order would honestly be their milkshakes because they have pretty decent milkshakes there. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not a big fried chicken person i didn't even know till recently that they had non-fried options like that's how little i go to chick-fil-a a uh, fun fact though guys and i think uh, you may know this last year i did a 5k it was called the chick-fil-a 5k and i won the master's race and i won a year supply of chick-fil-a uh which <laughs> which which ended in december i ended up giving because they ended up being 365 gift cards that's what they gave me. <laughs> and I could only order like one of, you know, kind of like that food truck. I could only order like a few items on it. And I used it maybe twice and I gave my wife a, a bunch of them and she gave them away to friends and I gave them, uh, you know, I gave them to some run groups and stuff like that. But um, that's cool. Yeah. I, I wanted your supply chip play. I didn't do that race this year because I was in Disney doing a race there at the same time. That's so cool. What do you get at Chick-fil-A, Carolyn? Okay, story time. (laughs) I actually used to work at Chick-fil-A. No way. (laughs) Yeah. um, I worked there in college, and they actually paid for my first semester of grad school. What? Yes. So, a little known fact, if you work for Chick-fil-A for a year, and if you are doing volunteer work for a year... Um, or at least my Chick-fil-A did the, I forget what the scholarship was, but it was $2,500 and it can be for college. It can be for grad school. It can be for community college, anything like that. And, oh, it was the Remarkable Future Scholarship and I, I got it. So, That's awesome. so asking for a friend, um, yeah. Let's just say someone went to go work for Chick-fil-A that already graduated from college and is still paying off student loans. Would Chick-fil-A help those student loan payments? I don't know. That's a good question. Just wait for Biden to push it through, Jake. You're fine. I'm trying. Well, he's only going to... I mean, I'm, I mean I'll, I'll tell my friend that, but yeah. <laughs> I, 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 not to get political there. Not to get political. Uh and we've lost all our listeners. <laughs> Shit. I mis- mentioned the present. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I worked at Chick-fil-A for... That's really cool. So I've heard from people that Chick-fil-A is actually a really good place to work as far as fast food goes. It's one of the best. Is that Was that your experience? Yes. Um, really good environment. Um, I loved going to work. I didn't like the 12-hour shifts. Um but we got free, like a free um, meal every time. Um, everybody was so nice. Um, yeah, the restaurant, super clean. The kitchen, super sanitary. And everything is fresh. So can I ask you some possible like myth questions about Chick-fil-A? You're, the, you're now, you're officially, by the way, you just nominated yourself <laughs> as a Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A expert. expert. <laughs> All right. So uh, you asked for this, whether you know it or not. Um, number one is 
I, I know Chick-fil-A is a, like a Christian-based restaurant, right? Like they, they close down on Sundays. Um, do you have to be Christian to work there? No. Okay. Um, they can't, I mean, you know, you can't really discriminate based on race, age, uh, you know, all of that. Technically, I mean, not age, but um, all of that. And nope, they never asked what my religion was. Um, I worked with Christians. I worked with atheists. I worked with Mormons. I probably worked with other religions. Um, but the main goal was like, let's just treat people with kindness. Okay, good. The other, uh, again, these are the things that I've just heard. So I don't know if these are true. I heard you could work your way up into uh, being a franchise owner, meaning that you could have a franchise given to you. I don't know. So I know you could work, work your way up, um, but for franchises, I know you have to apply. Um, I'm sure they're passed down if you're, and you know, if you know somebody and they're retiring or something, I'm sure they can give you their franchise, but for the most part, you have to apply. But to Chase's point, I have heard they're an awesome place to work for. Guys, I'm sorry we're not talking about running right now. We're talking about uh, Chick-fil-A, but... <laughs> yeah. Hey, we if you're on your long run, you're probably hungry. So <laughs> <either>. <laughs> Somebody's running past the Chick-fil-A right now. They're like, <laughs> I don't know what to order. What do you guys <laughs> Somebody's on their third lap of their 10-mile loop of the ultra race, and they're they're looking for that Chick-fil-A tent <laughs> at, the, at the village. Maybe Man. maybe somebody right now is listening to this podcast while setting the world record for fastest marathon run inside of a Chick-fil-A. Now there's an idea. <laughs> Anyways, my favorite Chick-fil-A order is the Chick-fil-A Deluxe No Cheese. Okay. I mean, if you get the cheese, it, it's wonderful. Um, I like the mac and cheese. I get the brownie. And then I get the frosted lemonade. No milkshake? Okay. So <laughs> when I worked there, I had too many milkshakes. Just, I can't do it. So so I'll say this. Uh, Jake, I don't know if you've ever worked fast food, but I worked for Steak and Shake for a little while. And I love my milkshakes. To this day, I still love my milkshakes. But working at Steak and Shake during happy hour in the shake stand is the worst job I have ever had. I was making dozens of shakes over and over for two hours and my hands were completely numb. I couldn't feel anything. It was the worst. I was all sticky and gross all the time. <laughs> it was just soaked in syrup and ice cream and all that crap. So, my very first job at when I graduated from high school and, and went to go to college is I worked at McDonald's and I did, I will tell you, I was grossed out by milkshakes for a while. And I think it was more so just a McDonald's problem, but <laughs> that's the shake machine, which is this big giant machine. And you would you have to take the top off and you dump these big bags of like liquid ice cream into it. Right. It wasn't even real. It was like milk like liquid but i remember looking into that machine and just being horrified at what it looked like in there because it was gross i'm like this is what i'm drinking 
as a milkshake <laughs> at McDonald's. Like this oh, is disgusting. Is that why the machine is always broken? There, uh, they, it would clog up. It would have like mold in there. Just it is was. I don't want to. Just, just don't say anything bad about the Coke machine, Jake. <laughs> I had no problems with that, but yeah, that milk machine, that milkshake machine, I should say, it made me uh, question milkshakes for a couple of years afterwards. But I'm back to milkshakes now, so yeah. Ah, welcome back. But yeah. no, I'm still, I still can't do. If I want a milkshake or something, I like the Sonic milkshakes yeah those are good pretty solid all right so the last one for this podcast because you are about 55 minutes into your long run listener or your cup of coffee or your day off what have you and i think we should do one more let's do it all right what is your favorite pre-race dinner like night before yeah burger and fries Ooh, from where anywhere uh it's just my night before my race ritual i've got to find a a burger and fries yeah i typically go with like a chain because i don't like to especially like big marathons or peak marathons I don't want to stray to like, I'm not going to look for like the local, uh, the local burger shack or anything like that. I want to, I want to make sure I get something that's not going to give me food poisoning or give me an upset stomach the next day. But yeah, I got to have a burger and fries. Yeah. I think, uh, a lot of people have this impression that you have to eat like, carb load right before a race um people forget that it's not necessarily what you eat the night before the race that's going to impact your race it's what you eat two and three days before the race that's going to have the biggest right, impact right. so what i eat the night before is kind of like to chase his point i eat what what is going to make me like just feel happy <laughs> like, uh, for me it's usually a burrito of some kind um or i love doing like ramen uh, like a real, not like that 10 cent Walmart ramen, but like real, real ramen. Um, or like Poke Bowl. I don't know if you guys do Poke Bowls, but I love Poke Bowl. I think my favorite, in all honesty, though, would probably be a ramen dish. Hmm. Interesting. See, I go, I don't know. I can't do pasta as much as I like to like try and steer myself in that direction. Um, I probably go like pizza or Mexican food. Yeah, I think that the most important thing, like Jake said too, is that you want to find something that is that your stomach's going to agree with, right? Because the night before the race, hay's in the barn. You know, you're the misconceived notion that you need to carb load the night before the race. It's not the night before; it's at least forty eight hours before. You really want to carb load, you know, two two, even three days. And I would almost take that, that whole 24 hour time span there between three and two days and just carb load that whole time. But then by Friday and the night before carb loading is not going to do you anything except maybe land you with another, an extra porta potty stop. 
Yeah, for all you listeners out there, remember when you're carb loading, you're building up the, the glucose, right? Which is what you're going to use as your energy source when you run. But you need to be building that up over time. You don't want to just pile it in the night before. Right. Because that's going to just make you feel heavy, number one, during that race, and probably cause you more damage than good. Yeah. So, yeah, because the look, carbs you're you're taking in from pasta are like those long form burning carbs, right? Yeah. The the gels and the ga- the the sports drinks, those are designed to hit quick. They're going to give you quick carbs, but it's not going to be a lot. You know the the carbs that you're going to be expelling over the course of a marathon are going to be the ones that you're taking in. Uh, 48 hours in advance. That's stuff that you've been eating the week before. That's actually well, really good advice. Well, what's your, what, uh, I, I forget. Did you already answer, Carolyn? Yeah, I said pizza or Mexican. That's right. Yep. I got it. The most important question or follow-up question to that, Carolyn, are you a white sauce or a red sauce person on your pizza? Uh, red, please. Well, you just lost some cool points with your pal Jake. That's okay. What do you do? I putting white sauce. Is it like Alfredo sauce? It's usually Alfredo or some sort of garlic cream sauce. Yeah, I tomato sauce is so gross to me. I don't like tomato sauce. See, I don't know that I really knew about like white sauce being a thing until recently. I mean, I probably, I'm sure I had some pizzas that had white sauce on, but like a few weeks ago. I can't remember where we were, but we went to a pizza place and they were like, do you want, it's got a white sauce. Are you okay with that? And we were just like, uh, yeah, that sounds good. Please bring that out. <laughs> and was it good? It was, but it was more like, I mean, I think it's, I don't know. How do you, how do you talk about pizza when it's so amazing? Um, I think it just depends on your kind of pizza, you know? I think a traditional pizza, I'm just going to like... You bring me a pizza from anywhere, I'm going to eat the crap out of it. But a lot of times it's got red sauce on it, and I'm totally fine with red sauce. Like I said, I didn't even know that making pizza with white sauce was a normal thing. I thought it was like a specialty thing. Carolyn, have you ever had the flavor, like a chicken bacon ranch pizza? Okay. Yes. And it was delicious. Thank you. And I like, it's like, I don't hate white sauce, but it's just like Chase said, red sauce, you know, is on most pizzas. And, you right. know, I'm usually in the mood for like just a regular pepperoni pizza. Right. Okay. How you guys answer this, you're either going to get ridiculed by me or you're not. Okay. If you get your red sauce pizza, do you dip your pizza in anything? Any kind of sauce? No. No. Okay. Well, then you guys, you guys are legit red sauce pizza people, and that's okay. <laughs> if you were going to tell me that you dipped it in ranch, I'm going to say, well, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. In oh you my god! No, <laughs> don't don't dip your pizza in ranch. Oh, I. Oh my, my gosh! Pizza. I dip my pizza in ranch. I dip everything in ranch. Oh I, my gosh! I, Dude, pizza, I, pizza is delicious in itself. Why you? You, you don't need to dip it in anything. No, the I only The only, the best way to improve pizza, if you want to really take pizza and improve it, the best way to do that is to stuff cheese in the crust. 
I will. I'm halfway there with you. Um, white sauce is the way to go. Chicago style deep dish is the best style pizza. I'll take that over New York pizza any day. Yeah, and probably. Dip dip it in ranch dressing. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you. I do like. It. I do like my Chicago style pizza. Pro- I probably like it better than New York style for sure. Um. So yeah. New York style. Have you ever had New York style pizza before, Caroline? Um, I have had pizza in New York City. Okay. <laughs> That's probably, probably New York style. You probably had New York style pizza then. That's all they serve there. <laughs> so, uh, I you know I don't even want to knock it because we I don't we I'm sure we have a lot of New Yorkers on here that are gonna like you make fun of my pizza i'm dropping it so, <laughs> they're very serious about their pizza so i i will leave that topic alone but um, with that said i prefer me a deep dish pizza like if i have to eat it with a fork that's a good pizza and on that note <laughs> i'm just kidding guys well um, we are at an hour, almost an hour and five minutes. So if you've made it this far in your long run, congratulations. Uh, I hope you're taking a gel every 30 to 45 minutes because hitting the wall sucks. Like it's terrible. I took a gel with me on my run this morning and forgot to take it. Like forgot to, it just stayed in my shorts pocket. Yeah. I'm actually doing a double day tomorrow cause I, I couldn't run today cause of physical therapy. So I'm doing easy run. Tomorrow, I'm going to do a gel, and then I have my speed workout tomorrow night. Wow. Well, sounds like a successful day. Just remember to fuel up, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I will talk to you guys later. Enjoy podcast number three. Follow us. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on TikTok. Follow us guys. Just follow us. Strava, <laughs> all that, all the spots. Follow us. Yep. All right, guys. We'll have a successful rest of your long run cup of coffee and the rest of your day. We'll catch you in episode four. I hope you enjoyed Run Dog Live. Bye bye.